I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD4. All right, uh, so super quick, uh, just a little episode here to talk about the things that have happened lately with the Knicks. Um, But this is episode 270 of BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Hope everybody's doing well, first and foremost. Um, Hope you're having a great day. Yeah, uh, I want to get through this really quickly. It's going to be a short one, a short, short one, uh, though we always say that and end up going long. But really, I'm trying to get this done as soon as possible because, well, We've got the Yankee game coming up in, in under an hour, an hour, about 50 minutes until the Yankees start their series with the Seattle Mariners. So, yes, that means today, as I am recording, is Thursday, August 5th, which most likely is going to be the day you're listening to this podcast, too, if I can publish it as soon as I um, finish. But I wanted to jump on here really quick to talk Knicks. Because, again, I recorded, the other day I recorded an episode on the Knicks, and, you know, it happened to be that as soon as I put that one out there the very next morning, they go out and they make a big splash by um, acquiring Kemba Walker. And then the next day, this morning, I wake up and I see they extend Julius Randle for four more years. So, that means... um, yeah, that that was enough to jump on here and just do a quick breakdown of what happened these last couple of days and give my thoughts on it. So that's what we're doing in episode 270 of the podcast. So welcome to BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to ep 270, as I said, of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Really quick before we dive into it, guys, if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast on any of the platforms that we're on, be sure to do that right now. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, um, Google Podcasts, Anchor, which is our sponsor, many other listening platforms, SoundCloud. Um, and you can also watch this podcast up on YouTube. The video format will be there. Um, we do episodes on the Yankees after every series. And when the Knicks are in season, we do episodes on them every two games. If you want to subscribe to my blog, you can also do that. The blog is called It's My Opinion. I do recaps on the Yankee games every night and the Knicks games every night when they're in season. And also you can follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All that stuff I just mentioned, podcast, blog, my socials. You can find that on one website. That's all you got to do is go to my link tree. So if you go to linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone, once again, linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone, that will take you to my link tree, which will display all those links to what I just rambled to you. Uh, But thank you for coming. You know, that since you are here, I want to thank you for that. And uh, I know it's a, it's, it's, it's a crazy time out there, and I just, you know, I love um, distracting myself with sports. So, 
That's why we are going to talk about the Knicks. So as soon as we get back from our first break, we'll get right into it. Stay with us. BRB. You are listening to RJ Carbone on BD4. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, you can do that right now. BD4 is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and you can also watch it on YouTube. There are plenty of other platforms to find this podcast. All you have to do is go to linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. And that will take you to where you need to be. Linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone in order to subscribe to this podcast. So, yeah, it's funny because, and I explained this in in the last episode, um, when we talked Yankees, I was talking Knicks in the beginning of episode 269, um, how when they signed Kemba, the morning I I woke up, it was like late morning, um, you know, a little groggy. Well, you know how when you wake up, you don't have your, your bearings yet, I guess you're still confused, you know, that state you're in. So I woke up, I, I did... I got a notification. I and it was from I don't I forget what app. My phone's always blowing up with bullshit notifications that I'm subscribed to with sports shit. But I, I get one of the notifications that say Kemba Walker blah 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 Knicks. So you know, I'm I'm again I'm I'm in a confused state. I literally just woke up and looked at the notification that I got. So I'm thinking Kemba Walker Knicks. They traded for that bad contract. And so the first thing I do is I go to Twitter because, you know, Lord knows I have to get my opinion out there. And, um, you know, I, I kind of rip them. Yuck. Nicks is what I said. At Nicks, yuck or some shit like that. But then it takes me a few minutes. Um, I finally, you know, fully wake up and I, and I look into it. I look up the Kemba Walker signing and I, and I end up seeing that, okay, oh, OKC is buying him out. So he's on the free agent market now. And the Knicks, I'm like, wait, they only had about $8.5 million left in cap. So did they sign him for eight? And that's what they did. They signed him with the the chump change they had left. So I feel so much better about that now that they didn't have to give up any assets in a trade and pay that heavy salary that he was being paid. It was a buyout from OKC. And the Knicks ended up buying him with, with um, I think it was a, a two-year deal, but with a team option for the second year. So it's a two-in-one deal where he's being paid an average value of $8 million. That is absolutely nothing, and it's a win-win. You literally can't lose. I love it. And from where we were last year, Alfred Payton getting all those starts for the Knicks. You know, Tom Thibodeau held bent on starting Alfred Payton to now say that not only do we have no more Alfred Payton on the roster, but Derek Rose here for at least two to three years. And now Kemba Walker as the starting point guard, basically just, just giving him a, a, you know, taking a flyer on him. 
that's awesome. You know, and it's better than, than if we were to, you know, I would have been okay, whatever, if we went out and got a Dennis Schroeder or a Reggie Jackson, you know, those, those middle tier decent point guards out there. I wouldn't have loved it, but I would have accepted it and it would have made the offseason, which was pretty quiet for the Knicks at the time, a little bit better. But the fact that they got a four-time All-Star who's still pretty good, it's just the injury is, you know, what we're going to have to worry about. For $8 million on a team option the next year, that's nothing, man. That is huge. So if he goes out there and he performs well, you have yourself a, a Finally, you finally got some stability at the point guard position. And if he doesn't pan out, well, you got Derrick Rose to back him up. And you're only giving him $8 million, Kemba. So it's 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 great. It's great to me. I, I, I can't get mad at it after looking it up and looking into it, seeing the terms of the deal. I um, quickly changed my tune on that signing. So we've got Kemba Walker at point guard to start. If you're looking at the starting five, it's such drastic improvement already from last year. So you're getting Kemba Walker at point guard, Evan Fournier at the two. On the wing is R.J. Barrett, and in the front court at the four and five, you got Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson. I mean, shit. And Kemba's going to gel with Fournier right away because they played together in Boston um, just this past season. Uh, it was only, I don't think they played too many games. I think it was nine games together, but... There was a stat I read, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking off the top of my head here, so this number may be wrong. It may be incorrect, so don't get me, you know, don't hold me to this. But I'm pretty sure what I saw was there was a plus 38 net rating. Um, they were very good. I, I know it was, it was a very good statistic that I read, but when they were on the floor together, they played very well. They had a good combination of, of you know, playmaking and shooting together. Um, but this gives the Knicks, obviously gives them some point guard depth for a change, right? The point guard rotation you're looking at now is going to be Kemba, Rose, IQ, maybe McBride, and, and we'll see if maybe McBride or Grimes, one of them gets thrown into the mix there. Um, you know, hopefully Emmanuel quickly, being that he can play the one, can play the two, doesn't get buried. That's one thing that we were worried about last year, and the winning kind of helped, but you want to see quickly start to get more minutes as he starts to progress through his career. So maybe when Kemba needs a break and you have Rose out there, you can slide quickly up at the two and vice versa, you know, rotate the three of them. So they're getting, they're getting their share of minutes together and everybody's getting equal time. Well, you know, not split between the three, but I'm saying that quickly still can get you 20. It would be nice if he can, you know, not average fucking, Whatever he averaged, he didn't average a ton of minutes this year. But if he can start getting twenty-five minute, twenty to twenty-five minutes, you know, I think that's that's doable. Um, if if Kemba's gonna go out there and give you thirty-five, Rose can give you twenty-five, and then you have IQ playing the one and two, you, you find minutes there. Um, but I, I love it, man. I love Kemba here. He's a three-level scorer, right? Uh, the three-ball is pretty decent with him. It takes a lot. And he makes a decent amount. And he's a very solid pick and roll ball handler. He's got good handles and good vision and a good shot to play the pick and roll game. Um, you know, the Knicks didn't play a ton of pick and roll last year under Tom Thibodeau. But Tom Thibodeau, obviously he's... I, I ex 
I expect him to adjust this offense now to make it a little more pick and roll heavy. Um, obviously, in Chicago, Thibodeau was reliant on the pick and roll, right? He had the personnel there. So he can run it when he has the personnel. And I think Kemba Walker is an excellent pick and roll guard. And now that you've got Mitchell Robinson, you know, fully healthy, he's he's a rim runner. This is what he does is, is runs pick and rolls and he gets blocks on the other end. So I think you're looking at a pretty decent potential tandem right there between Kemba and Mitch. Um, Kemba and Randall, it's going to be good. So <laughs> you, you think about what Boston did, man, all this shit. You know, they took on Al Horford's contract. They paid Kemba, and they had Fournier, and now all these guys are walking to the Knicks. And Boston is left in shambles right now. They've got two star players, obviously, but they are underachieving in recent years. And, and thank you to the Celtics. Um, but speaking of Julius Randle, just this morning, we find out he's extended a four-year contract worth uh, $117 million with a option with an option for year four. And there are obviously some incentive money. There's some incentive money in there too. Um, yeah, some stats and plays a certain amount of games. He gets a little more. But the ba- this, this, listen, this was huge. <clears throat> <coughs> Excuse me. This was huge. The, you know, the base salary here is, uh, I think it starts $23 million, and then there is an 8% increase every year. And I think the AAV is, I want to say, 28 or 29 per year, if you do the math. Um, that's, I love it, man. I love it. And he's not a free agent until 26. That's, that's his first unrestricted free agency uh, after this contract. But I love it because Randall, look, it's a lot of money. So he gets his, but it, it doesn't fleece the Knicks at the same time. Both got their their fair share here. You know, Julius could have waited until next summer and tested the market and commanded or maybe gotten the $200 million, you know, and get something around 37 to 40 per year. That was what everybody was expecting. And that's why people were weary of, of bringing him back on the extension. But instead, he realized that he may not, you know, he, he this may have been his best season he'll ever have. Not to say he's going to regress big time, but this may have been his career year. And maybe you can add in, there. there's some team loyalty here too. The hometown discount that he decided to save the Knicks money. And take the the 117. And you have to respect him for that, man. You have to respect him for that. You know, for for a most improved player. For an all-star. An MVP candidate. A guy who put up numbers that only Larry Bird put up. I don't know the exact stat, but I always mentioned it throughout the season. I was just hitting that consistently. Talking about it. Um, It was like the first guy since Bird to do 20 and 10 on 40% threes. I'm pretty sure that was it. Um, 2010 and five, maybe it would have been, I don't know, but he put you for a guy who did all that MIP all-star MVP combo, Larry bird stats, bringing the Knicks into contention again to get 
117 across four. You gotta like that. You've got to like that. You can't hate on that. And I hate using the term steal. So I'm not going to call this a steal because I feel like we overuse the hell out of that word. You know, every time somebody gets a decent contract um, from an organizational standpoint, we like to throw that word around. So I'm not going to call it a steal because it's 117 million, but it's definitely, definitely good value. It is certainly good value. And this is a guy who works his ass off. You know, he spent all summer in the gym after his first year with New York where he, let's be honest, he was not good. You know, he was not a good player with the Knicks in 2020. Um, at least, you know, winning, not a winning player. He put up the stats, but it was nothing like it was, you know, in terms of the impact. It was nothing like it was this past season. So he put in work. He was a gym rat, and he is a gym rat. So you know he's going to try to improve every single year. Um, again, I don't know that he's going to have the same exact year uh, this upcoming season, but I do think there's potential here that he could live up to this deal um, or else we wouldn't be talking about it in such a positive manner. And yes, yes, he did suck in the playoffs. He beyond suck, right? But we also just acquired Kemba Walker, who we just spoke about, and Evan Fournier, two playmakers who can handle the on-ball roles now. And also average 20 points, just like Julius. So, you know, Randall, he's a good playmaker, but he's a basic playmaker, right? He doesn't have the, that high-level read ability, right? He's going to make those basic-level reads on defenses. But now we have some point guard depth. We have more playmakers on the team. I'm about to sneeze here. So, yeah, Fournier can dribble the ball. And he can shoot and score. Derrick Rose is back. He can do the same things. Kemba Walker is now here. Julius Randle does not have to spend 40 plus minutes a night playing point forward anymore. He doesn't have to take all that burden. He's not going to have to deal with these constant traps that are thrown on him. Right? All throughout the season, this guy was getting doubled, and the Hawks started doubling him like crazy in the playoffs, which was a big reason as to why he was so bad. But now we've got some depth. We're a much deeper team with these two additions. Fournier and Kemba Walker. So it's going to help Julius a lot. And let's remember, we're paying him for the next four years, and he's 26 years old. We're not paying some guy who's 29, 30 getting a deal like this. Right, who's who's in the middle of his peak. He's 26. So he's got a lot of prime years left. He's 26 years old. So this isn't his last contract. Big contract. This is huge. This is a good value deal, like I said. So I love the offseason we did, man. I, and it's crazy. It's crazy because two uh, a few days ago, I was looking at it, about to grade it a C or a C plus. Didn't get any of the, the big names that were out there. There weren't a lot of big names out there, but I would have liked one of them. I was, I was hoping for Chris Paul. The Kawhi was a pipe dream. The Damian Lillard thing was probably another pipe dream. But there were some decent players out there. Okay, they missed out on them, but they ended up signing Fournier. Um, they ended up Bringing back a lot of guys who helped last year. Noel, Burks, Taj. 
and I was like, all right, it's decent. I'll give it a C plus. But then I find out those are all two in one deals. And with the Fournier deal coming, he he's on a three in one deal. So these are all team friendly contracts. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a B minus slash B. But then we go and sign Kemba. And that jumps it all the way up to a B plus, And that might be harsh. You could even give them, you know, a grade in the A category. So it's been a, a great offseason for Leon Rose. And Brock Aller obviously has a lot to do with the finances and the cap hit. He makes his his, his um, decisions in terms of the economics of the team. So you have to credit him. Perry, the entire Nick front office doing a great job. And you can just see it, man. You can see it. The culture change is in full effect. I know that can be cliche. We always hear that with the Knicks, but I think the culture change is in full effect here. Um, getting better and preserving cap flexibility. That's that's exactly what you want, and that's exactly what you're getting right now. Right, You're not handing out bigger contracts to these guys who are about to peak, where you're locked for the next number of free agent classes. Look at Miami. Riley is, is on his last legs here. He wants to win one more before he goes out, and, and he's paying all these guys who are going to be old when their contracts are up and they're still under contract and look at Philly look at Brooklyn they traded away their entire core for a small window to win a championship it might not work out look at the Lakers look at the Clippers all these teams are, are going to be capped out the next couple of years but the Knicks are flying under the radar here and also not only do we have these team-friendly contracts to some pretty solid players to help us win, but you can use these deals if a star player on another team is disgruntled and wants out. You could very well put together a decent package here. And, yeah, with all these two-in-one deals, look, if you want to get real crazy, take a look at that 2023 class. You've got guys like Chris Middleton, um, I think Kyrie Irving is even in that. But, you know, Vucevic, Bradley Beal. These are young players. Jokic, D'Lo, Embiid. And if the Knicks continue to climb up into the right direction and they play competitive basketball more and more, when you're entering that 2023 offseason, those guys could be possibilities. New York is an attraction. A competitive New York team? You could be looking at those guys on this team. If all continues to go well. You never know. So you have to credit the front office. I don't see how anybody can look at this offseason. Which it all happened so quickly. And be upset about it. It was a solid offseason. That's all I've got for this one. Quick episode. Let's head to break. When we get back we'll wrap it up with the question of the day. Stay with us. You can follow me on Facebook at r.j.carbone. You can follow me on Instagram at robjcarbone. And you can follow me on Twitter at nysportstalkrc. And if you want to follow along with the blog that I write, subscribe to It's My Opinion on nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. So last time out for the NYY NYK question of the day, 
I asked you, we were covering the Yankees for 269, how many 200-inning seasons did CC Sabathia have with New York? He played 11 seasons with the Yankees. How many of them were 200-plus inning seasons? The answer to that question, he had six 200-plus inning seasons with New York. So if you got that right, congrats. Tonight's, or this episode, 270, our NYY, NYK question of the day is, which 90s, whoops, try that again, which 90s Nick chose the NBA over the NFL after winning the Heisman Trophy in 1993? All right, so one last time, which 90s Nick chose the NBA over the NFL after winning the Heisman Trophy in 1993. Uh, I guess a little hint is there was like a running joke. This guy was the best quarterback in New York at the time. So, there's your hint. Alright, so let me know the answer to that question of the day on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You know what to do. DM me there, or you can comment the answer once I publish you know, one of the promos to this podcast. But that's all we've got for this one. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Hope you have a fabulous rest of the day, and I hope you have a great weekend, too. Episode 270 of BD4 is in the books. Thanks for stopping by. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast, the blog, or follow me on social media. Do that on my link tree. All those links will be on that page, linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. All right. I'll see you next time. Ciao. This episode is brought to you by Anchor. Podcasting made easy.